This is episode 25 of Tonka Bomb Podcast. Uh, this week we're going to cover volumes 15 and 16 of Kentoshi Nohara's Sket Dance. And uh, joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Doing all right. Um, I thought these chapters were pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a really big fan of this pretty extended story arc that took place in between them. It actually spanned both volumes, mm-hmm. which is something you don't see very often with Shinohara. Yeah, and but I thought it was a fun I, I, arc. I felt like it was fun. I thought it was a fun arc, uh, especially because I feel like the only, or at least most of the arcs we've gotten so far are like backstory arcs, or at least the ones that are longer than just like, you know, a couple chapters. So this one was cool just to have like a little, you know, I don't know, extended like gag arc that didn't really have any like, you know, real bearing to the story. I guess maybe it had a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's some some kind of romance stuff going on, I guess, that, you know, might be extended throughout the series, but it was still just, you know, jokes and stuff and not like someone stabbed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so in this actually in this opening chapter um, mm-hmm. of volume 15, some predictions of ours that we talked about at the end of the last uh, Sket Dance episode actually came true. Yep. So we actually got the return of Yabasawa. We both said that we hadn't seen her in a while mm-hmm. and hoped she'd come back. She does uh, come back in this chapter. And we also see Switch in his baby form. Yep. <laughs> So, um, in this chapter, it's kind of Shinohara's answer to Muppet Babies or, like, Baby Looney Tunes, cartoons like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We get the entire cast shrunk down into their, like, preschool-aged form. And for some reason, they're being taken care of by an adult Yabasawa and (laughs) And an adult version of the student council president. Uh, I thought this chapter was kind of fun mm-hmm. and also a little bit unsettling. It was weird because this was like, it was one chapter, but it was broken down into a bunch of like two page vignettes. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. We've never mm-hmm. seen that in Skit Dance before. Yeah. My, my notes on this were uh, like, I thought that the, you know, the kind of setup and the joke was funny, but I don't know if I needed an entire chapter of, of this, right? Like this felt more like a, a volume throw in to me, uh, you know, like one yeah. of those things, like, Oh, four pages kind of deal. Uh, you know, I didn't, I don't know if I needed all, all 20 pages filled with this, but yeah, I thought it was a, a fine chapter. Yeah. There was one part where they all dressed up as characters from the wizard of mm-hmm. Oz, which I thought was a cool drawing. I liked switch still having his laptop dressed up as the tin man. Yep. That was fun. And there's a part where, uh, Himeko and Boson are like playing house and, uh, it's very uh, Koro Sensei manga esque, <laughs> like the way yes. they're talking about. It. He's like a, I think he's like drunk or he's like a deadbeat dad kind of deals. Like yeah, I think Koro Sensei wrote this one. There was one part of this chapter that was a collaboration with another gag series mm-hmm. that was airing or like published in Shonen Jump at the same time. Yeah. And I really disliked that part of the chapter. Yeah, I've weird. never heard of this series before. <laughs> it's called like. Um, Inamaru Dashi, mm-hmm. and I guess that's like a Shinchan type of gag series about a baby that's always taking his pants off. Um, yeah, I'm not not a big fan of that. Yeah, I don't think I'll be checking that one out. <laughs> um, in chapter 128, um, this is sort of this is sort of like the very start of the arc. Mm-hmm. This there's like a lot of continuity between these chapters. Yeah. Um, but in this one, 
Uh, Bosun is playing one of Switch's dating sims, and he's pursuing a Sundere character, but getting extremely frustrated with the character's like hard to get personality type. Mm-hmm. So as he's describing, you know, the background of this type of character to Himeko, a girl named Saya that looks exactly like the character uh, in his game bursts into the club room. After awkwardly setting up conversations at the club in order to say things like, don't get the wrong idea, or it's not like I like you guys, she asks for help in making her personality more palatable to others. Bosun initially tries to coach her through some basic conversations to help boost her social skills, but both are too awkward to come up with any sort of topics. He then invites her to just hang with the Skete and his friends, which helps her open up. Eventually, she starts to catch feelings for Bosun, and it's also revealed that she's the younger sister of the student council president. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on this chapter? Uh, not really on this chapter specifically. I do like this this new character, though, and I... Honestly, I didn't even mm-hmm. realize that she was, uh, you know, because I'd kind of read these chapters so, like, early in the week. I didn't realize or I guess forgot that she was introduced in this chapter because she's, you know, we'll yeah. get to it. But she's a, a main player in some of these latter ones. Um, like, I just, I forgot that she had been introduced so recently. I, like, I could have sworn <laughs> she was introduced, like, three volumes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really, like... We also said that we hoped Shinohara would introduce, like, a new main character, uh-huh. and he really shoehorns Saya in. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. she, she's here to stay for, like, two volumes at least. Yep. Um, chapter 129 kicks off with a really cool color page. Say, yeah, my note on this not- is, this color page is fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's going on here. They're, like, looking for, I think, a lost toy in mm-hmm. a field of flowers, um not like i'm not really sure what's going on but it looks really cool yeah great watercolors and if you look in the bottom right it looks like there's some sort of cd that's for sale that comes bundled with a mm. chain and the charm on the chain looks like the one weird mascot character that bosun dresses up as yeah. in that arc where they get <laughs> trapped in a shed mm-hmm. Um, so in chapter 129, Saya returns with a request to take care of her injured, uh, injured stray owl she found in on the street and took in. After the club to agree, after the club agrees to like supervise the owl, Switch loses a collectible anime figurine that he was going to trade for Otakarun's magical girl wand. The club nurses the owl back to health and decide to let him go that night. But Sai and Bosun are the only ones who end up sticking around after hours to like set it free. The owl takes off, but ends up coming back and brings back Switch's missing figurine, thinking that it was a rat. The club then decide to keep the owl in their room and use Switch's new magic wand as a perch for it. I thought this was an alright chapter. Yeah. I thought the owl was cute, mm-hmm. but it was it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'm with you. This is another one where I felt like the entire chapter was just meant to like set up chemistry between Saya and Bosu. Mm-hmm. But yep, yeah, I felt like not as much happened as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the yeah the opening of this volume definitely felt like just really wanting you know Shinohara was really like, hey, we've got a new character here. She is right. Like, yeah. Now, this next chapter, I really did enjoy. Mm -hmm. This one sort of breaks up the progression of this uh, extended arc. Mm -hmm. 
we see um, it sort of flashes us back to because I didn't really notice this in the past, but apparently Sabaki has always been wearing these white t-shirts that just have like a black phrase on them. Yeah, There's I one that says like that either. murder. Yeah, another one just says sturdy on it, <laughs> which I don't know. I, I would wear a shirt that just said the word sturdy. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, but um, apparently he's like trying to like. He has a screen printer at his house, and he's trying to get his, like, DIY streetwear trend off the ground, mm-hmm. which I'll actually say, I don't know if you've noticed this, but once again, Shinohara has, like, sort of um, unintentionally predicted a trend, <laughs> but I've noticed, like, there are a ton of, like, fashion people and, like, streetwear brands that are wearing just, like, white or black t-shirts mm-hmm. that have, like, a shocking or just, like, bizarre phrase in plain like black or white text on the front that look really similar to his shirt that's off-white's entire deal isn't it like they just have a phrase in quotation marks it's like okay here's you know we're charging four hundred dollars now yeah i mean even if if he had just put like a black rectangle around any of these phrases he could have been the next supreme yep Mm -hmm. do we think subaki (laughs) uh prints on gildan is he a gildan guy he definitely does. They were all mentioning that his t-shirts were like awful quality and super uncomfortable. So he, he definitely prints on Gildans. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if this had, if this had taken place like maybe four years into the future, Sabaki would have been like screen printing like pictures of Goku wearing a camo jacket with like a cup of lean mm-hmm. or like Bart Simpson with a like bootleg designer merchandise screen printed on a white t-shirt mm-hmm, without a doubt he definitely would have been on the, like vaporwave uh shitty instagram streetwear wave yep yep yeah 100 yeah subaki would have been all about floral shop and yeah it would have been that that famous picture that you always see of goku wearing the like the supreme uh jacket yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, Subaki like pulls up to the student council meeting. He takes his jacket off and he's like, sorry, um, I know we're supposed to wear uniforms to the meetings, but it's super hot in here. And he's just like keeps gesturing to his new shirt, which says order on it. And everyone in the club room is like, these shirts are super weak. The president says it looks awful. And he gets super offended. And the president says, you know, I'm not going to take back my criticism of your streetwear but go see like bosun's shirts that he's been making for the sket dan and come back Mm -hmm. and if you come up with something that's better i'll wear it on campus (laughs) so um he ends up visiting uh bosun to get tips on creating interesting t-shirt designs and just like on the spot bosun comes up with something that's like super complex and interesting there's like palm trees, um, something that says aqua blue cheerful days <laughs> on it. And there's like a little like mascot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this is like professional level design and screen printing. Yeah, this is a graphic to This is a graphic to you see in every Old Navy across the country. Definitely. <laughs> and um, yeah, any, any, um, Sabaki's like super pissed that Bosun was able to just like come up with something cool on the spot. So he decides to uh, take Bosun's advice and try to come up with something different. 
But when he arrives at school, he comes up with something that sort of just like rips off all of Bosun's designs, Mm -hmm. but in a much worse, like clumsier manner. Yep. Yeah, his his shirt looks like a hardcore show flyer. I was going to say, they're talking about how terrible it looks, but I I think it looks kind of cool. I I actually liked it better than Bosun's (laughs) shirt. Obviously, it's not professional looking, Mm -hmm. but... It looks very vapor Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, it looks way more like uh like literally cut and pasted uh than Bosons does. Yeah, he he's just uh he's just super lo-fi with it mm-hmm. and uh the president ends up wearing it around school the next day but says that it's super lame. <laughs> I love that panel too. It says stylus, yeah. it's got a little star in it, and you can just see tears streaming down his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good panel. <laughs> I like that there's just a bunch of random English words like all over the shirt. Mm-hmm. It says like sun, summer, Hawaii, surf, <laughs> vacation. Yeah, it's it's it looks it's like one of those political cartoons where somebody's just got like made an illustration and it just has all of these little captions like the deficit. Uh-huh. <laughs> the American people, big government. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, this was a um, this was a good chap- chapter, yeah, <laughs> and a very like Shinohara chapter too. Like this is you know, you know, very sket dance, very witch watch. Yeah, just getting like deep into a specific subculture mm-hmm. for a single chapter, never to bring it up again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in chapter one thirty one, we find out that the school is about to go on its annual ski trip. And the room assignments at the hotel will be decided by an interclass jump rope competition. So I guess for some reason, the school has like booked all of these different classes of rooms for the hotel. Like some people are going to be staying in the five star suite. Some people are going to be staying in like nasty ass, like super cheap mm-hmm. rooms. I don't know. I don't know who organized this trip, but that that's the case here. I think the president, so I think the, uh, the principal from assassination classroom did <laughs> yeah so they're like yeah if you if you want a good room you're gonna have to have your entire class win a jump rope competition <laughs> and these aren't gonna be individual students jumping rope they have these giant jump ropes mm-hmm. and the entire class has to jump at once this is a mario party mini game come to life oh absolutely um <laughs> So, uh, once again, Saya returns and she's making things super difficult for Jason Sensei's class because she trips on the first jump every time, knocking her class out during the practice rounds. So, she turns to the skate dance for help to stop sucking a jump rope. Uh, Bosun's advice and coaching works so well that when they actually have the competition, Saya's class ends up setting the school jump rope record. I think they, like end up jumping 78 times in a row but then bosun ironically dooms his own class to the hotel's worst rooms after he trips on the first jump Mm -hmm. this was a good chapter and there is a this page i think it's like page 10 or something is maybe the best page in the whole series it's bosun uh helping saya like teaching her to jump rope or whatever and so they're like jumping together in the jump rope (laughs) <laughs> this panel of that yeah. and then Bosun's like looking really serious and she looks embarrassed and the next panel's like her boobs are bouncing and then Himeko just like <laughs> drop kicks him and then the next panel's like he has to do the jump rope while the two girls jump it's 
I mean, a, a brilliant page. <laughs> so true. And there's this um, there's this other panel really early on in the chapter where they're like, "Why are we going on a ski trip again?" And somebody says, "Because the mangaka went on a ski trip recently, and he's too lazy to do like on-site research for any other locations." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Which I think that's actually like but... a pretty normal thing like a popular thing uh, that these like manga could go to you know some of these places to like i don't know like get reference images and stuff because i remember there was a thing that like uh Fruidate, the person who did haikyuu um went to like brazil to watch like some big volleyball tournament at one point so they could like you Damn. know draw it for like an arc or something like that so i think that is like a, a pretty you know normal thing I guess Shonen Jump's got money to throw around to just, like, send people <laughs> well, <laughs> out to all these locations. Well, I mean, you know, the, the Haikyuu's uh, pretty popular, so I think they're, you know, Fugate's not hurting for cash to just take a, a vacation to, to Brazil. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like the ski trip is kind of an... It's, it's not on the level of, like, the cultural festival, but I feel like mm-hmm. ski trips actually are kind of a manga trope. Uh, I brought up Toradora in the last episode, but I feel like there's a pretty big ski trip arc in that mm, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, no schools around here are going on uh, ski trips, but, you know, uh, maybe yeah. it's a little easier in, in Japan. <laughs> My high school had, like, a ski club where people went up to, like, the perfect oh. north slopes, uh-huh. but definitely wasn't something they were going to send the whole school to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in chapter 132, uh, we sort of see more preparation for the ski trip. Uh, Saya wants to ask Bosun out on the class trip, but doesn't know how. Uh, when she catches Switch alone, she asks him what Bosun thinks of Himeko, because she's definitely, like, seen them hanging out all the time. She's not sure if they're dating or not. Switch says he honestly isn't sure himself and tells her... If she's that curious, uh, she should ask Bosun when they're on the trip. Then we sort of flash a little bit forward to everyone on the bus, and Himeko gets carsick. And then Chuma Sensei pulls out this giant box of random pills that he's created, which contains solid forms of all his experimental drugs. One of them is called like the demotivational pill. Um, there's like the baby pill. <laughs> Pretty much everything he's ever created. Mm-hmm. He gives a Sabaki and Bosun something called a soul swap pill, which switches their bodies and personalities. Uh, since they're so similar looking and they're twin brothers, he thought, you know, they'd be a good test subject for this drug. But unfortunately, the pills were mixed up, switching Bosun and Himeko's bodies and leaving Sabaki in this weird hypnotic state, convinced that he actually is Bosun. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Chuma screwed up the experiment and ran out of soul swap pills so they'll all be stuck in this state for the remainder of the trip while he tries to create some sort of antidote mm-hmm. yeah i and, love the uh love the <laughs> setup for this arc i i agree uh as soon as like i saw chuma sensei on the bus mm-hmm. i knew there was gonna be some sort of like weird experiment involved and this one is this is my favorite chuma sensei like related story mm-hmm um 
So in chapter, I'll just like go through a couple of these since they're yeah. just a pretty long story. I'll just get to the end of this volume and then we can discuss everything that's mm-hmm. happened in these three chapters. Uh, so also these are pretty complicated. So <laughs> I'll, I'm going to try to focus on making these try to make sense. Okay, so in chapter 133, uh, Chuma tells Bosun he can make another soul swap pill with random ingredients from the hotel's kitchen. While he's working on it, Himeko who is actually Bosun has to get changed for, you know, the actual skiing part of the ski trip. But Bosun, who is actually Himeko, doesn't want him, like, going into the girl's locker room and actually changing. (laughs) So using a blindfold, Himeko helps Bosun get dressed without actually seeing anything. But then Bosun says he has to go to the bathroom as soon as he's in the snowsuit, which leads to the next chapter where Bosun in Himeko's body goes to the restroom with blindfolds, headphones, and nose plugs guided by Himeko, who's actually in Bosun's body. The collaborative restroom break is such a traumatic experience that both of them start crying in the stall. Meanwhile, we see Switch going out of his way to prevent Saya from approaching Bosun, who is actually Himeko. And in the other room, Chuma Sensei has accidentally ingested something called a demotivational drug, causing him to be in a permanent, like, state of just, like, not wanting to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And he can't bring himself to keep working on the soul swap drug. And in chapter 135, Mecco and Bosun argue about how they're going to shower during the weekend without causing havoc. And they're spotted by Saya, who asks Mecco, who is actually Bosun, she wants to go with them. Bosun, who's actually Himeko, panics and says he's going to shower with Himeko, which sends Saya into hysterics. We then get a truly awkward and disturbing scene where Himeko and Bosun try to bathe in each other's bodies without opening their eyes. Very bizarre <laughs> turn of events. Yeah, there's some great panels of these. The one where they've got uh, Bosun in Himeko's body, like like tied up, <laughs> being led on with like a leash. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is out of pocket. Mm-hmm. I love this. There's a panel where Bosun says, "I won't let this uh-huh. manga go down the Eki Road ever," and then it immediately does. Yep. <laughs> yes. It was great. Yeah, this was definitely uh, um, what's his name? Yabuki, uh, his uh, brother-in-law whispering in his ear <laughs> for this yeah. chapter. Yeah, this is like, this is a very uh, this is a very like massive tonal shift for the series. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's also actually funny, unlike most Eki humor. Yeah. Yeah, I thought these chapters were all, were all pretty great. I, I loved this arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, me too. There's just a a panel at the end where Yavasawa says, "Is that awful being tied up like that?" Bosu <laughs> just blurts out, "It turns <laughs> me on." <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> oh, all right. So that's it for uh, this volume. Mm-hmm. Then we're moving on to volume sixteen. I actually really liked the uh, cover for volume 15 it's uh it's like another like very shinohara staple pastel artwork Mm -hmm. of the biscuit dan which is the baby version of the skin dan i mentioned before oh interesting (laughs) oh well and And one last thing i thought was cool about this arc Mm -hmm. was that at the beginning of each chapter 
we got a recap yeah told by a different like because at first it's like the storyteller's um summary and then each chapter like a different person comes in to do the summary mm-hmm. and each one is like a bastardization of storyteller like we have the story fighter the story tenor <laughs> the streaking terai which is a guy named terai who's streaking yeah uh, the recaps were cool and i honestly i feel like they probably would have been helpful if you're reading this week by week <laughs> it's like wait where are we who's who again <laughs> like yeah <laughs> probably pretty good i also forgot to mention in my summary that uh while sabaki was in this like hypnosis state mm-hmm. caused by the drug he ingested he ended up like because at first he thought he was bosun and then he snapped out of it but then became convinced that he was a cat yeah so he's been walking around meowing at people yeah, he's been saying yeah at the end of all of his uh, stuff <laughs> um yeah, so in volume 16, uh, we start off chapter 136, uh, continuing our arc where we left off. Um, Switch is keeping an eye on uh, Boson, or Himeko, I guess. Himeko in Boson's body. Uh, so Saya doesn't confess to him. While doing that, he get, he uh, keeps getting mistaken for being interested in Saya. All these people kind of walk up and they see him, you know, like keeping an eye on her. And they're like, oh, so you're, uh, you know, you're going for Saya, huh? Um and then Bosun in Himeko's body gets separated to take a picture with uh, the rest of the girls. Yuki notices Bosun's aura is different, so Switch takes her away before she gets too suspicious. However, while that happens, Saya makes her move on the lonesome Bosun. Uh, Switch goes to stop it, but sees that uh, Subaki has the doll that he was going to buy from Momoka and gets sidetracked. Um, I'll just uh, keep going into the the rest of the arc, and we'll yeah we'll kind of recap what's yeah. done. Um, in 137, Switch decides not to interrupt Saya, um, and she asks Himeko in Bosun's body uh, what he thinks of Himeko. Himeko responds with, she's just a friend, and she asks Saya what she thinks of Bosun, and Saya says that she thinks she's interested in him. Bosun and Himeko regroup, and it's time for lights out. The two decide to sleep in Chuma's room, but there's only one futon, so they share it, sleeping back to back. Himeko asks Bosun what he thinks of Saya, and it's a, sort of a cliffhanger ending for that chapter. Um... And then in 138, Bosun says that Saya is just a friend to him, uh, or is just a friend, yeah. Then Himeko tells him about the encounter that she had with Saya and asks Bosun how he would have answered her. Uh, Bosun says he would have answered the same same way, uh, you know, saying, like, Himeko's just a friend. And the school trip ends, and they all get back to Chuma's classroom to swap souls back. However, in a classic fashion, they all get mixed up again, this time with uh, Chuma too. The autumn season ends, and we uh, get a, a transition to winter. Um, cool resolution to the chapters. Uh, interesting, or I guess, you know, it had been sort of, I don't know, shoehorned in, in some of the earlier ones that this like, you know, uh, Bosun and Himeko thing. And it seems like that's what we're going to kind of play up for the rest of the rest of the series. You know, that's going to be the, I guess the, the one plot thread, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I thought this was, like, probably my favorite arc mm-hmm. of the series, even compared to, like, the sort of contest or tournament ones that I've liked in the past. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it was really fun, and I appreciate how chaotic it was. Definitely hard to describe after the fact. Uh-huh. Yeah, d- yeah, one that I think you need to... experience in the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, one that you probably need to read or watch to, you know, fully <laughs> kind of get what's going on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree. I definitely liked uh, 
One thing I noticed was when Bosun as or like when Bosun with Mecco in his body mm-hmm. was talking to Saya, he sort of like held himself like Himeko does when she's talking mm. like he's sitting with his like knees really close together <laughs> I didn't notice that that's hilarious yeah he just he has like more of a feminine energy uh-huh. that's funny yeah I, I thought these were uh, good chapters I you know there's some funny moments and you know a fair amount of like drama that was I don't know I feel like done pretty well right like you know you're kind of waiting like oh yeah. is Saya gonna get to talk to Bosun you know what's you know what's uh, Himeko gonna say that kind of thing um I thought it was pretty good yeah we got a decent color page too at the uh, sort of beginning of volume 16 yep yeah that was pretty cool um let's see you have any other notes on that arc we want to jump into the chapter 139 not really other than that you know I just I liked it a lot <laughs> really really fun yep uh so Let's see. Yeah, so 139, the Skedan are playing a game where they're supposed to come up with similar sounding names. Uh, and then, so they're kind of doing that. And then they get approached by multiple girls to help them find uh, various lost objects. But all the girls have similar sounding names and look very similar. Uh, that's really all my notes on this one. This chapter was extremely confusing. And there's even like a, a note at the start that was basically like, this one's going to be kind of impossible to translate from Japanese to English. Um Gee, I'm curious what you yeah. what your thoughts on this one were because uh, my one note was this might be the worst chapter in the series. <laughs> I agree. It seems like he's just trying to confuse people with all of these puns, mm-hmm. and it doesn't obviously doesn't really make sense in English. Yeah, but I kind of doubted it made a lot of sense in the original language either. Exactly. Yeah. This is the. I feel like you know the various shows have this sort of joke where it's like you know whatever. I don't know. Oh, ball? I thought that was blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, no, you're talking about hall. It's like, no, hall is, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah. you know, you mean mall, like that kind of thing. Um, I feel like it's just a version of that joke, which is fine. But Terrible. yeah, I don't, I don't need a whole chapter of it. Yeah, I yeah. thought this was pretty bad. Part of that is maybe, you know, not necessarily his fault because it does seem like a nightmare to translate. But I don't know. I feel like I understood the joke they were trying to make and it still wasn't very good right uh yeah i think crayon shinchan uses this joke all the time mm. too where it's like wow isn't it so funny that this word sounds similar to another one yeah. and i'm like no it's not actually <laughs> yeah it's not that funny this one i just kind of like cruised through because i was like i can't be asked to like actually try to understand what's going on or, like who's who and stuff so i yeah i basically skimmed this yeah. chapter and was not interested in it at all <laughs> um in chapter 140 uh bosun is obsessed with a mecha anime called code a uh, kind of a rip on uh, code geese um and then mm-hmm. switch challenges him to a code a quiz battle but they both tie switch tells bosun that they'll go to a code a uh like group meetup um but on the day of the meetup switch has a cold so bosun is left to deal with all the otakus himself at the meetup, he is clearly outclassed. Everyone is way more into Code A than he is. Um, however, at the end of the event, they're all talking about the most important message of Code A, and Bosun recites a line from The Compass of Education for Teenagers, a book that Switch had slipped to Bosun amongst uh, various like Code A materials he gave him to kind of brush up on his uh, Code A lore. Uh, everyone finds it uh, very profound, and he uh, you know kind of comes out of it you know not looking like a poser, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> i thought this one was good um, i loved this chapter uh-huh. yeah it, 
I feel like it's kind of an experience if you're like into some sort of fandom or subculture. I feel like there are occasionally moments where you're like, oh, so these are the fans of <laughs> yep. the thing that I enjoy. Yep. Or you Great. or you find you're just like out of your depth, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, I've done this anytime I've gone to play like uh like Magic the Gathering or something like that, like the first few times. You go there and it's like, oh okay, I sort of know how to play and then uh you just screw up a bunch and everyone they're talking to you. It's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that invested yet. <laughs> I do like the, the page where uh Bosun's sister walks into his room and he's got like all of these books <laughs> stacked up and figurines all over the ground. Mm-hmm. And all of these is like empty water bottles <laughs> and ramen noodle containers everywhere. <laughs> Yep, and she just that calls was... him an otaku. Yeah, this was this was pretty fun. I feel like um, we sort of we've gotten a glimpse at like nerd culture in this series, but like a uh, switch and otaku and their friend group. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fun to just like see people who are completely in the trenches. Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. And he draws, the way the way Shinohara draws them is just completely disgusting. Yeah, they all look just horrific. <laughs> Very, uh... one, one other joke I thought was funny was they, they were, like, doing a karaoke version of the theme song from this series and uh, Bosun gets caught off guard because there is a rap verse in the full <laughs> version of the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's something that uh, four kids would have done for uh, one of the doves. In chapter 141, Tsubaki, who is still acting like a cat, has roped himself into drawing a manga poster to recruit new student council members. However, uh, you know, as we saw uh, quite a few chapters ago, that he uh, sucks at design. So he's recruited the help of Bosun. The Sketans send him to Chuma so he can stop being a cat and they take over uh, the manga. However, due to various mishaps, they have to change the core premise a lot, and the story becomes nonsensical with the main character being attacked by a crow. Uh, he punches a random person and then tells people to join the student council. Subaki sees the completed project and loves it. Uh, however, now he is acting <laughs> like a dog. Um, I thought this one was good, too. This is uh, one of the better kind of manga chapters that we've had. <laughs> Yeah, this this comic that they drew really reminds me of the comic within a comic from the Captain Underpants books. <laughs> it's drawn in a similar, like, slightly more detailed than stick figure style. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's really funny. Yeah, I, I love seeing a Subaki pretending to be all of these different animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite thing about this, too, is, like, the very first panel of this uh, manga within the manga, it has the character that uh, Subaki design, which is just real, like, cartoony, elementary-looking, and then this, like, super detailed uh, school in the background that Bosun drew. <laughs> it's hilarious. True. Or, like, the very, uh, the crow looks, like, very well-drawn, with, like, all these speed lines through it and stuff. I also liked that once again, like the plot of this manga within the skit dance world is also about someone being attacked by delinquents. <laughs> yes, I had a note about that too. Yes, and even the manga in skit dance have delinquents. <laughs> I can't tell if he's like, if Shinohara is self aware about it at this point or if he's just really fixated on this type of character. Yeah, that's what I want to know. I, I need to see, like, you know, 
I don't know. I need like an interviewer like to see discussions about that too to see if like it's something that other people pick up on or yeah, if he's yeah, yeah if he's doing it on purpose or if he's just like yeah, the delinquents are always the bad guy, obviously. <laughs> There's so many out there. Yeah. <laughs> like where where did uh you know, where did Shinohara grow up? Like I do not want to visit that part of Japan. <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> Um, in chapter 142, Tsubaki and Saya are seen talking at school and uh, and uh, through like kind of word of this gets back to Agata and it's gets back to him through this game of like uh, kind of like a bad game of telephone almost like, you know, someone says they see them talking and then someone's like, oh, yeah, they were like flirting and stuff like that. Uh, so it gets back to Agata who just kind of totally flips out and says he's going to test Subaki. He interrogates Subaki, but the two have their lines crossed. Uh, Subaki is talking about his relationship with Bosun, while Agata misunderstands him it, as uh, him talking about Saya. In the end, it ends up with Subaki saying he wants to get, or Subaki saying he wants to get closer with Bosun and invites uh, Bosun over for dinner. Um, I thought this one was pretty fun too. This almost felt like like a better version of the uh you know the chapter that we both hated with you know all like the confusing characters and stuff like this sort of just like yeah. you know easy misunderstanding thing i thought this was done way better yeah i agree i think it was fun to see um the student council president i you know he there are always these moments where he like breaks his cool exterior and mm-hmm. just flips shit on somebody yep. And I always, I always like that. There's some great panels of him early in the chapter of him, like, looking really serious that are just <laughs> wonderfully drawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this one of, uh, this, there's this panel of Tsubaki, too, where he's, like, pointing. He looks like a ace attorney, but he's got this, like, tidal wave behind True. him. That one's good, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I liked, I liked this chapter a lot. Um, let's see. In chapter 143, uh, Momoka is the host of the, uh, Laugh Out Loud Sukomi Battle TV show. Um, and Sukomi, I guess it's explained it's like just kind of like making sarcastic comments about something or just like commenting on something. Yeah, like making a, yeah, it's a like jab. Riffing on yeah, like Uh huh. Yeah. To me, it, it seems like, uh, what for, I like looked at it a little bit more and it seems like it's a term from like, like the sort of comedy you see in the Showa Shoten series, where you've got like mm. two people doing stand up together, mm-hmm. and the Sukomi is the straight man. Gotcha. Well, I was gonna say the uh, the way this is set up, it it almost feels like it's a uh, like ridiculousness or uh, is that is that the show yeah. where they just like show all like you know viral videos and then like shit on them all the time? Yeah, that, that's what this game show almost feels like. Um. But so, yeah, Momoko's the host of the show, and today the contestants are a professional comedian and Himeko. Uh, in the first round, the contestants have to quip about a bad TV show um, that's playing, and Himeko has a narrow lead. Um, in the final round, the contestants pair up with another comedian and ad-lib, and the professional comedian just absolutely crushes it because he'd already practiced with the, uh, the other guy. Um, and so to kind of, uh, you know, make sure that Himeko fails, they have her team up with someone from the audience but she picks bosun and because the two of them have such a uh you know have have so much practice with this and have such a history with it uh she wins by a landslide um i thought this one was okay i didn't really i didn't think all like the the kind of the comments about like this show and stuff were all that great like you know they were pretty yeah like i didn't think any of their comments were really funny or you know what i mean like (laughs) 
they were just sort of commentating over it but i thought that like the the setup for it and stuff was pretty fun and the the panels of bosun like looking really flustered and awkward were all pretty great yeah this one felt a little too meta Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) they occasionally like break the fourth wall but they went a little too far with it this time Mm -hmm. and these panels at the bottom of one of these pages would show like bosun's nervous and his mouth gets like more and more like (laughs) deformed and stuff uh it's like really like unsettling to look at yeah um let's see oh we've got one more chapter for these yeah and then chapter 144 uh we get the return of Enigman. um i think i said last time that i was hoping that we would uh, get more and more of him because i i like the new the yeah new Enigman. another prediction yep. come true <laughs> um but so enigman comes to the sket dan to uh to ask for advice for his theme park date date with uh Quishan. um the sket dan give him advice but he only talks about the worst possible outcome uh for like these really ridiculous scenarios like if he passes out on the roller coaster or if she wears like a ridiculous outfit and then, of course, all of these things that he brings up happen, and the date goes extremely poorly. Um, and he also gets beaten up by a delinquent and breaks his arm. <laughs> I thought this one was pretty great too. Um, the first part of it, where he's just like describing all of these scenarios, is like really wordy and pretty annoying. But the part where it actually is them like on on the date and just kind of like flipping through all of it happening is hilarious, and I thought pretty well done. Yeah, this is. Um... I feel like that's usually my thought process going into something. I always <laughs> like expect the worst. Uh-huh. So it's kind of funny to see like everything actually happen. Yep. Yeah. And the final panel where he's like bursting into the club room, tears <laughs> streaming down his cheeks is really funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I love, man, just once again, more delinquents. <laughs> yeah. This dude, they're plaguing the skit dance universe. <laughs> Yeah, he, he just gets beat up by this entire mob because he bumps into somebody. <laughs> what what is Japan like? Like is this is this how it actually is? This is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I like this one a lot. And I I actually like uh Quashan as a character too. I think she she's pretty good, just as like the asshole character that went on this date with him for no reason. Like she just shits on him the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, her outfit's absolutely insane too. Uh-huh. It's like um, it looks like some Ed Hardy like <laughs> circa 2011 type fashion. Yep, definitely. I love the panel of her like helping him off the roller coaster too after he's passed out. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like that one of the things that he was afraid would happen would be that uh, she takes a picture with a mascot <laughs> and the wind would blow the mascot's mm-hmm. head off, and it actually happens. Yep. All right. Do you have any other notes for these? We want to move into uh, kind of our what went well. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, for me, I think the most obvious thing is that you know we got a fully formed art mm-hmm. and. This was like the most ambitious arc yet. I know the um the like tournament arc from the very beginning of the series was mm-hmm. pretty experimental and really pushed the series in a new direction. Yeah. And even though this one didn't feel like it changed the genre of the series or anything, there were so many like moving parts to it and mm-hmm. subplots and just so much chaos that I felt like 
you know this pushed the series to a whole other level yeah yeah that was my first moment well also it was just this kind of extended arc and i thought it makes pretty good use of all the characters too even though it's like very himeko and bosun centered like i love the role that like switch has to play in it of like trying to keep sai away but then gets like distracted to buy this thing for momoka um yeah. and even like yuki like being suspicious because she can like you know sense that it's not bosun in there is pretty good um yeah i thought this this arc was was great even if i think that the the romance stuff was maybe a little weak. Um, I thought just the arc overall was was pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second what went well, um, I think we've kind of been saying it, but I think a lot of these one-off chapters are, they're, they've definitely like leveled up. They're, other than that, uh, the one that we didn't like, all the other one-off chapters I thought were like really, really good and definitely you know a a total step up from how they were earlier in the series right like Mm -hmm. you know the the code a chapter i feel like had that been chapter like 30 would have been pretty pretty rough and like way more wordy than it was or even this one to end it off you know like i said like the first half of it was maybe a little weak but he just kind of like rolls with it for the second half and i thought it's just really well done Mm mm-hmm I thought uh, something I liked about these two volumes mm-hmm. was that there was a lot more continuity between the chapters. Yeah. Even before the arc, there were a lot of different plot elements mm-hmm. that sort of carried over from chapter to chapter, which isn't something you really see a lot yeah. in this series. And I appreciated that, like, Subaki turned into where he, like, thought he was a cat during the entire arc. Mm-hmm. And that sort of continued after the arc. He still hasn't broken out of that spell yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought that was... Part of me wonders if he's gonna be, like, permanently stuck in this state. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, too. I wonder if that'll be, like, the, the running joke with him now is that he, you know, is always just, like, flipping through these different animals or something like that. Yeah. Um, alright. Uh, wanna move over into gripes? Yes. All right. Which- um, mm-hmm. I actually think my gripe is that I think some of the one-off chap, the one-off chapters that didn't move the plot along. Mm-hmm. I-, I think because things were moving so quickly during these two volumes, I'm like, I kind of wish all of the chapters really pushed the plot along. Yeah. More. Because I think some of those self-contained gag chapters, uh, they they fell a little bit flat. Like for for example. The one where they like were doing the Sakomi battle, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I could have done without that one. Yeah, I feel like the series uh, is more successful when it doesn't try to like break the fourth wall or do any sort of like meta mm-hmm. experimental chapters that take us completely out of the Sketan <laughs> world. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, my my gripe is. Yeah, maybe a, a little bit similar, but I just, yeah, I feel like I say it quite a bit, but like I need more arcs or something to, you know, just kind of like latch onto. I, I feel like I said like yeah. a couple of episodes ago that like, um, you know, like I need something that's like, yeah, at the, at the end of the year, we're all, you know, someone's going to move or something like that. So we need to, you know, I need some some kind of like conflict or some plot thing. And I guess that's what we're getting with the Bosun and Himeko thing but even that just feels sort of like thrown in for the purpose of like an arc or two and then you yeah. know it's not really brought up much but yeah like we're we're halfway through the series right now and i i don't know just like 
seeing like, oh my gosh, we have another 144 chapters. I need something to like pull me along with it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, that's my first gripe, I guess. Yeah, I I honestly, once again, feel like these two volumes are really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, like one of the only other gripes I have is that I think the chapter with the baby characters was kind of weak. Yeah. Yeah, my second gripe was just uh, some of these could get pretty wordy. Like even the good chapters uh, are just a, a lot to to read. Like they, I feel like they moved along okay, but they could some of them here and there could be a, a bit of a slog. Like even the ones with uh, during kind of the arc, which I thought were all like good chapters. There's just a lot of explanation, a lot of talking. Uh, you know, like I feel like speech bubbles take up three quarters of the pages and sketch dance a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go to student of the week. Who do you, who do you have for us this week, Jude? All right. Um, so for this week, I actually, I'm going to go with, hmm, I think I'm going to go with Saya. actually. She's mm-hmm. like a, a solid rookie character came right out of the bat and carried not only an entire arc, but like also managed to be incorporated in almost every chapter for that volume yeah she really makes like a it's rare yeah she makes a, a big splash in her uh her skit dance introduction yeah so i i think uh she's a pretty clear choice for like mm-hmm. best student of this particular week yep yeah i think that's a yeah that's a good pick and i i think her character's pretty fun too like when she was first introduced i was a little bit i don't know annoyed because it just seemed like this throwaway like you know we just want the sundari character or whatever but uh, I think she's used utilized pretty well in these volumes, at least. Yeah. Um, my student of the week, I'm going to go with uh, Boson because he's just an absolute trooper throughout the uh, throughout the the <laughs> ski trip arc. Like the whole time, um, Himeko's like you know kind of like uh, getting on him because he's you know he's just trying to go to the bathroom or just wants to take a shower or go to sleep or whatever, and she's. Uh, you know, like making it difficult, but he just kind of, you know, lets it go. He's getting like tied up all the time and stuff. Like, <laughs> so, you know, shout out to, to Boson has some good moments. And, uh, you know, I, I like, uh, him kind of like showing up Subaki with his art skills and stuff. I, th- I think pretty, pretty yeah. good Boson chapters here. All right. All right. Uh, Who is your, um, detention or student in detention so i'm gonna go with a teacher in detention and go with uh chuma sensei um yeah i I like that he uh you know he's able to sort of start this arc that we get that all because of him but i mean what are you doing carrying around like uh six different of these like really dangerous uh pills and stuff (laughs) just giving them to your students and then uh i will say the part with him sort of like I don't know, getting in this like depressed state or whatever. Like I didn't find that particularly interesting. I don't know. It just, it felt like a weak way to sort of write him out of the story when there have been and could have mm-hmm. been like much better ways to do it. So yeah, I'm, I'm putting, uh, I'm putting Chuma Sensei in, in detention. And once again, maybe he needs to go into something worse than detention for just handing out sketchy drugs to uh, his students. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with the student council president Agata. I think he's a funny character, mm-hmm. but he really came across as a bit of an asshole in these two volumes. Yep. He's really, um, he's really bullying Sabaki, saying mm-hmm. that his t-shirts suck. Um, yeah, that was intense. Like, 
Yeah, then he's going out of his way just because he was, like, talking to his sister to, like, ruin his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he was shitting on his drawing abilities. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Give him a break. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, rude chapters from from Agata here. (laughs) For real. All right, well, I think that'll do it for us uh, this week. Jude, do you have any other... uh, Sket dance notes. We want to go into a couple, a couple quick recommendations. Yeah, um, I'll go into my recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of mentioned it in the last episode, but I'll mention it again. Magic Lumiere Limited Company in Jump Plus is a really fun series. Um, like I said before, it's uh, sort of set in this world in. Or it's set in like a large city where it's like Silicon Valley, but for mm-hmm. magical girls. So there are all of these large corporations and smaller startups that act as agencies for magical girls, to like clean up um, different sort of infestations of demons or just like act as superheroes. It's kind of similar to the world of My Hero Academia, yeah. but it feels a little bit more realistic in that you know, a lot of people still see this work as just, like, a daily grind, and you see a lot more of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that takes place, like paperwork and Mm -hmm. just, like, office life. That sounds cool. Um, It at least sounds like a different take on, you know, kind of these, like, pretty run-of-the-mill series that we get. Yeah, and there are action scenes and, like, you know, still story arcs, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm 20 chapters into it, and they... They're pretty well done. Like, the action is easy to follow, and the fights are pretty fun to watch. It's pretty well done and seems to be kind of underrated. It doesn't always, like, it doesn't have a lot of comments compared to other series on Jump Plus and doesn't rank super high. Mm -hmm. But I like the art, and it's not, like, the best series I've ever read. But I think it's good compared to some of the other stuff that I think actually does do well on Jump Plus that... Yeah, it's kind of garbage in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, Jump Plus is weird. There's a lot of, yeah, kind of like ambitious stuff that's pretty cool. And then just a bunch of really weird, like, you know, who is reading this or why is anyone reading this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then you actually click on it and it's like the most popular series on the app. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I need to actually sit down and read through some of the Jump Plus stuff. Like, I wanted to read Hokkaido Gals. I need to actually, like, sit down and, and do that. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some interesting stuff, and yeah, that series looks uh, looks pretty cool. And there's some other ones that actually just popped up that I think look interesting too. Uh, there's this one I've seen people talking about, the Game Devil. I tried to read the first chapter of it, and I thought it was pretty terrible from what I read. Yeah, <laughs> but I see people talking about it online, so I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that one that one sounds cool. It seems like uh, if it was My Hero Academia, but you got to see it from like the the management students' perspective or something like that. Yeah, because I've always wanted more of that from My Hero mm-hmm. Academia. I feel like if you introduce that, like, sort of student, I think, you know, we, we need... I want them to expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to just know that they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. My recommendation, I'm going to go uh, outside of manga. This one, uh, there's a podcast called Hard Lore. It's uh, from a guy who's in the band Twitching Tongues, a guy who's in the band uh, Harm's Way. And they just talk to, like, uh, mm-hmm. people in hardcore bands and stuff. 
Um, but they interviewed uh, Pat Flynn from Have Heart and uh, Fiddlehead last week. Um, it's a pretty good interview. To uh, I recommend checking it out. But in it, they mentioned uh, Have Heart did like a little tour in South Africa one time. Um, and he tells the story of like, you know, because of how South Africa is, they're like, you know, we played on the continent of Africa and played three shows to like all white people. Um, he was like, which was <laughs> kind of weird. He's like, you know, so I was asking about that. And this guy was like, you know, giving him the history and stuff. Um, but he was like, but, you know, my friend is like the principal of this like all black school in South Africa. He's like, I'll see if, you know, we can get you to play there or something like that. But so there's a video it's called like Have Heart at East Rand School of Arts in South Africa, and it shows them like playing for these kids, and it's it's hilarious. It's such a uh, a good video, so I recommend checking that out. Um, I love Have Heart, one of my favorite bands, but it's just funny to see them playing these like hardcore songs for like these twelve year old kids in Africa. <laughs> um, and some that of, sounds sick. I'm gonna have to look that. And up. some of them are up like jumping around. Like at one point, I think someone is like you know kind of crowd surfing these like few people are like carrying them around um but apparently too what <laughs> happened was it was sort of like this uh almost like cultural exchange like before they played he said the the school's like band played a few songs and they're playing this like really technical jazz stuff and he's telling the story of like yeah he was like they're playing like all this like jazz stuff where they're actually you know good at playing their instruments he's like and then we're gonna get up there and play like youth crew hardcore songs <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a hilarious video to watch so that's uh that's my rec um all right well Jude, do you have anything else for us or uh that'll be it for for this episode uh i think i think i'm all good uh as usual remember to smash that five star button mm-hmm. and ask all of your family and friends to do the same there we go yep that's uh yeah hit us with the 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 five stars um yeah that'll do it for us this week um as i said on the last episode we should hopefully have the next uh next one out on sunday but you know could get pushed back to monday or something just depending on uh, how how my traveling schedule goes but we'll we'll get the the episode out for you either way um but yeah thanks for thanks for listening and uh tune in next week